Amen? Let's bow our heads. Let's pray. Let's get started. Father, we love you. We thank you for your word. And I pray that this word ministers to us, that God, your word comes out. And Father, I just thank you, God, that it's already, your Holy Spirit's already preparing our hearts to receive it down deep. In Jesus' name, amen. John 16, 33 says, I have told you these things so that you, that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. Aren't you glad he doesn't stop with that? But take heart. I have overcome the world. You know, we're in this series called Possible, and that means that there's things in our life that seem impossible. How many of you guys have ever thought some things are impossible for you to do? I mean, there's some things that there are. There's some things that you can do, but there's some things. In fact, there's probably a lot of things in your life in some way that seems impossible, but only God can do it. With All things are possible with him who believes in Christ Jesus. Amen? And so I want us to step into those things that are possible with God. They may be impossible for you, but they're definitely possible with God. And so how do we do that? We've been talking about faith and staying in faith and believing him for some great things. And I think some of the things that hold us back, that we never step into what God has for us because we just don't believe and we just settle. How many has ever, ever settled before? Yeah, well, let's stop it. God has something really great for you. And we don't need to settle anymore. God's a great God. How many guys believe that God is a great God? He's a good God. He's a powerful God. And He is active today. And He wants to be active in your life and my life. So some of the things we've been talking about, you can go back on in the last few weeks and on our website and look at these, um, listen to these messages. But some of the things we've been, been talking about, what stops us as believers from really believing that God can do something great in my life, that I can enter into something greater than I've ever entered in before. And one of the things that have kept, has kept on coming up in my, in my thought, in my spirit, was fear. How fear stops a lot of us from entering in to the blessing of the Lord, to the things that seem impossible. I mean, fear can stop us from moving forward in God. And I see that a lot in believers' lives, that we're fearful. We're fearful of the future. We're fearful of our finances. We're fearful of of what God um, can possibly do. We're fearful about entering in. We're fearful about losing. We're fearful about um, not winning. We're fearful about everything that's going to crumble in around us. So what is fear? Now, 2 Timothy 1.7 says this, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. So here Paul says that fear is not a circumstance, it's not based on circumstances. Fear is an actual spirit. It's spiritual. It's an evil spirit. And so Paul says, God didn't give you that. The spirit that God gave you is a spirit of power. Talking about the Holy Spirit. A spirit of love. And a spirit of sound mind. You know, you don't have the spirit of weakness. That's not a spirit from the Lord. You don't have the spirit of fear. You have one that is a power. And it's the power that is a gift of the Holy Spirit. And if you're born again in here and you have the Holy Spirit... You have the very gift of power in your life. 
God's power in your life. You have full of faith, full of power, as Acts 6, 6 talks about. And so fear is really a result of the spirit of bondage. Romans 8, 15 says this. He says, the spirit you have received does not make you slaves. The Holy Spirit doesn't make you a slave. The spirit of fear does. So he said, the spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you receive brought about your adoption to sonship. And that's why we call him Abba Father. See, fear comes in and it takes you away from the things of God. The spirit of power brings you in to the things of the spirit of God. Brings you in to the things of God. And it gives you and imparts to you his power, his love, and his sound mind, his understanding. 1 John 4, 18 says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. Because fear has to do with punishment. Now, how many guys have ever been afraid or had anxiety or just been scared and worried? How many ever worried? If you're not raising your hand, you're lying. Raise your hand. I mean, worry has come into people's lives, and, and that's a form of fear. When you are, are afraid or you're worried about what's going to happen in the future, worried about your finances, worried about your health, it's not the Spirit of God. And what fear does, it starts from the inside where it starts to form everything outside of us. But John said, there is no fear in love. There's no fear in God. There is no worry in God, in Christ Jesus. But why does fear come? Because it's a spirit. Did you know you could, you could be afraid and everything's okay? How many ever had that happen before? Everything's going well. Your job is going well. Your relationships are going well. Everything is going well. But you get up in the morning and you're scared. You're afraid. Why is that? Because fear is not always based off circumstances. Fear is spiritual. It is an evil spirit from the devil trying to lie to you about who you are, about what you have, and about where you're going. And we've got to stop it. Because that stops you, and it stops you and I from coming into the things of God. So here's what fear does. When you are in fear, it consumes your mind. It consumes your mind. You are consumed. When you're in fear, you're, all you're, you are worried about what's going on. You can't think about anything else. In fact, you, you tried to think about something else, but you're, because you're in fear and you don't realize it, it's a spirit, you continue to think about and worry about that, what you're fearful of. Um, a couple of months ago, back in December, uh, Lisa and I went to this concert. It was... Um, I forgot the name of the concert. It's not Mannheim Steamroller, was it? But what's that other one? Yes, Trans-Siberian Orchestra. Great concert, by the way. And uh, I love Christmas music when it's rock and roll. I mean, it's just great. I mean, guitar. I mean, if you don't like loud music and other stuff, don't, don't go. But it was a great concert. So Lisa and I went. And, of course, me being the loving and romantic husband got the cheapest seats. And so we're in the Sprint Center all the way, I mean, all the way up to the top. I mean, pretty much, you, you, we might as well have been outside, you know. I mean, it was actually a good seat. The Sprint Center is a great, great place. I mean, great seats everywhere. But, um, but when, I, when I have to go long distances and don't know where I'm going or anything, I have a scooter, and I go around scooters. 
And don't look at me. You want one, too. Anyway, um, <laughs> don't you, you look at those people? I want one. <laughs> but anyway, but I, I, go, I have a scooter, so I go up there. And so I could go down to my seat, which wasn't too far down. But they have built this place that my scooter can go on, wheelchairs can go on. So we decided to stay up there because it was really steep to go down to the thing. I actually wasn't scared. My wife was. She didn't like it at all. In fact, uh, we got up there, and the thing moves a little bit, you know, and this, the music's loud. It's just great. I'm having a, I'm having a blast, you know. And, uh, and so I'm looking over at Lisa, and she's freaking out. She does not like it. Of course, I'm jumping up and down my scooter, <laughs> going back and forth, you know, just, just having fun and uh, acting like I'm going to jump off. But anyway, um, and so it's got this clear plexiglass. We can see all the way down. And it's just, it's just bothering her. And she, she just did not have a good time. It took her a while before she realized that we're not going to fall. But fear does that, doesn't it? It consumes your mind. In fact, it, it makes you think of things. It makes you create things. Listen, let me tell you something about fear. It is a lie. In fact, anything that's not of God is a lie. That's just good, isn't it? That's really good. Anything that is not of God is a lie. And so when you are in fear and you have anxiety, it's a lie. In fact, most of the things that we are afraid of never happen. We make them up. In fact, you start, you're in, have ever had an anxiety attack? You start making up things in your life. I know, I've had them. Psalm 13.2 says this, How long must I wrestle with my thoughts? And every day have sorrow in my heart. How long will the enemy triumph over me? Isn't that what happens when we are in fear? The enemy is triumphing over us. He is having his way. And fear really has no power. Unless we give it power. Unless we give it power. That's why we can be afraid when things are going very well. Why? Because it's a spiritual thing that's coming into us. And we are believing that more than the truth of God and his word, and even more than the truth in what we see. I mean, you, you can look at your checkbook and have money, but be fr- afraid. I've done that. I've looked at my, and I'm, I'm scared. I, am I going to lose it? I know where my wife is right now. Is it going to be gone in just a moment? <laughs> right? And, you know, when she sends me to the grocery store, it's always gone in a moment. So so we have to watch it because fear, it really can, can consume your thoughts. And that's not good. This is the other thing fear does. It clouds your judge, judgment. So it consumes your thoughts, then it clouds your judgment. So you begin to lose perspective. Listen to this. You lose perspective of who you are in Christ. Fear causes us to deny Christ. Fear, write this down. Fear is an anti-Christ spirit. That means it comes against all that Christ is. It's anti-Christ. It's an anti-Christ spirit. Because it takes you away from the things of God. It takes you away from knowing Christ. In fact, it gets you so much consumed with fear that it begins to cloud who you are it clouds your judgment 
Look what happens in John chapter 12, 42. It says, Yet at the same time, many even among the leaders believed in Jesus. But because of the Pharisees, they would not confess their faith for fear they would be put out of the synagogue. Fear stopped them from confessing who Christ is. And a lot of times what happens with fear is that we don't, we don't confess the word. We don't confess what God is saying. We, 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 all, we rather confess what's wrong. We will allow out of our mouth the things that are wrong. And we will start confessing those things. We'll confess what we're afraid of more than confessing the truth. It's okay to acknowledge how things are going wrong, but not to be afraid of it. Because fear starts to do that. It starts to cloud your judgment. Then guess what happens? We try to even fix it. And our judgment is clouded, and we even get ourselves worse into the problem. I mean, we start, we start trying to get out of debt, and we get more into debt because of fear. You can never allow fear to lead you. Fear can never lead you, right? When fear leads you, guess where it leads you? Away from what is true, away from what is right, away from what is just and holy and righteous, it leads you to the things that you are most afraid of. Isn't it what Job, I think it's Job. Job says, what I have feared has come upon me. Wow, that's scary, isn't it? Because it not only clouds your judgment, but the next thing, it, it controls your life. Jeremiah 6.24 says, We have re- heard reports about them, and our hands hang limp. Anguish has gripped us. Pain like that of a woman in labor. It starts to control who you are. And that's not the heart of God. And so as I'm praying, I'm asking the Lord, Lord, what do you want me to preach on this week? I had had a total another message. I may do it next week. But he said, I want you to minister on fear because I feel that a lot of people are going through fear, anxiety. And it's stopping them from just pressing in to the Lord. Some people won't worship the way they want to worship because they're afraid of what people think. You won't give because you're afraid that you won't have anything left over. You won't witness to somebody because they might reject you. You're fearful. You know, I've, I've, I've heard stories about people who have led, who lived through the depression. And they basically are so afraid of not having that they hoard. That they begin to stock, they stock up a lot. How many of you guys have, have seen that before? And uh, because it was a terrible time, it definitely was. My, my grandmother, my grandparents went through it. And so they would hoard, they would have, you know, 25 cans of, of a certain bean or which they never used. I mean, I've heard have people who have cleaned out houses after their, their parents or grandparents have died and they had all this stuff. Why? It's based out of fear. It controls who they are. It controls you. I believe there's people who should have been on the mission field didn't go because of fear. I wonder how many Billy Grahams were missed because of fear. Maybe you haven't started that business that God's called you to start because of fear. 
guys, men, I want you to tell you something. One way to get out of fear this week is remember Valentine's Day coming up. Anyway, uh, let's go on. So how do we get out of fear? How do we deal with it? Deuteronomy 20, verse 3 says this. Do not be faint-hearted or afraid. Do not be terrified or give way to panic before them. For the Lord your God is the one who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies to give you what? The victory. Okay, so how do we deal with fear? I did a study on morning depression. Let me tell you why. Because Lisa and I have been affected by it. We get up in the morning, and um, why am I feeling bad? I go to bed happy, but I wake up sad. Why is that? So it's, 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 it's a common thing through the U.S. Because it's a spirit of fear. And so, uh, and I know if I'm going through it, you're probably going through it. So how do we combat this? And here's the first one. That you've got to respond to God's agenda. When fear comes in, you don't react to fear. Let, let me tell you something. You're going to be afraid. Fear's going to come. Why? Because there's uncertainty. You can't see into the future. So there's going to be fear. But we don't have to react to fear. We respond to God's agenda. So when you know your purpose, it keeps you in perspective. So when I know who I am in Christ, because fear wants to take that away from me, but I'm not going to allow fear to take who I am in Christ away from me. I'm going to respond to who I am in Christ. I'm going to respond to the purpose. God, why did you make me? Why do you have me on this planet right now? You have to know that, church. If you want to defeat fear, you have to know why you're here. And God, it's not hidden from you. Now, you may not know everything, but I know why I'm here today. I'm here, I'm here to minister to people. You have to know, why, why are you here? What has God called you to do? Well, number one, I, I know I'm here for my family. Whether you're single or whether you're married, it doesn't matter. You're here for your family in some way. So how can you be a blessing to your family today? God wants you to be a blessing. Well, you're also here to worship God, right? So there's a, there's a purpose in your life to bring light to this world, right? You've got to know these things. Because if you don't, fear's going to come in and it's going to crumble you. And it's going to take you, and it's going to have its way with you. Where you will not live the life of God. Where you're going to live in defeat and just worry and just, oh God, why am I here? Or you're going to be moving only by circumstances. But then it's going to come to a place where everything's good, but you're still afraid, you're still worried. So you have to respond to God's agenda. Romans 8, 28 says, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him and who have been called according to his purposes. That's good. So God 
will direct me and guide me. But I've got to wake up every morning knowing that I'm called to wake up. And I have a purpose in waking up. And I'm not going to sit in my bed, and I've done this, where I've sat in my bed and I've complained about today because I'm afraid. I'm afraid, man, I'm going to get up and I'm going to screw up and I'm going to offend somebody. Guess what? It's going to happen. You're going to screw up. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're going to screw up. But it's okay. You're going to fail. You're going to fail. It's okay. Get up. You're going to fail today. You're probably going to make a mistake because none of you are perfect. I'm going to get up tomorrow morning, Monday morning, and I'm going to get up, and I know I'm probably going to make a mistake today, but it's okay because I'm going to get back up. It's okay. Some of you feel, man, I'm, I could be, I, I could, this could be my last day. I could die. Yes, it could be. And guess what? One day you're going to die. That's a good thing. As a believer, it's better to be with Christ. Amen? You don't have anything to fear about. As a believer, you're going to live forever. If you're not a believer in here, you have an opportunity to give your life to Christ here in just a moment. But as a believer, we have nothing to fear. And so in Romans it says, and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him and who have been called according to his purpose. In verse 31, I like what this says. What then shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, who can be against us? Amen. See, listen, God's called you. God's anointed you. God has gifted you. God has, God has made you for such a time as this to be the dad, to be the mother, to be the friend, to be the minister that God has called you to be. If you have a purpose in life, doesn't matter where you work, it doesn't matter. You have a purpose. Grasp on to that. God, what's my purpose today? I want, I want to do that. I want to do that. So I wake up. I have to wake up in the morning and say, God, what's my purpose today? Otherwise, man, fear will just cripple me. You know, Paul was a man who stayed on mission. He was, he was even in prison still preached. He knew his purpose. He could have been, he could have taken time off. Man, you're in prison for preaching. Why continue? They're probably going to kill you. And he could have been afraid. But his purpose motivated him. His purpose set his priorities straight. His purpose developed his potential. And his purpose gave him power to live in the present. You know one way you can understand if you have fear? If you're always living in the future. How many of you guys have ever done that? Well, I'm, you know, I've got a vacation coming, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be thinking about that cruise. How many of you ever done that before? Man, you live in the future? If you always live in the future, you're always living for tomorrow, you are missing out on the life of God today. Fear has gripped you in some way. Don't do that. See, when you grasp your 
purpose, you live for the present. I, I have something right now. I, 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 have, I have my kids. I have my ministry. I have, I have, I have friends. I have relationships. I have my job. I, I, I live for right now. God, God, you're the light and you're leading me now. I can live now. I don't have to, I don't have to wait for the future. Live for the now. So you grasp onto God's purpose, his agenda. God, what's your agenda for me today? And number two, you stay aware of God's presence. You know, you start to worship in the middle of your fear and your panic and your pain. I love Psalms 27. Turn there. Psalms 27, verse 1. This is David. Now, it's not going always well with David here. But this is what he says. He says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Love that. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Man, isn't that good? When the wicked advance against me to devour me. This doesn't sound like fun he's going through. It is my enemies and my foes who will stumble and fall. Though an army beseech me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then I will be confident. I love that. One thing I ask from the Lord. Look what he says here. One thing I ask from the Lord. This is the only thing I seek. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him at his temple. I mean, he's going through crap. But he says, God, that doesn't matter. I will not be afraid. I will not be afraid because I want to I gaze on who you are. I want to gaze on the beauty of the Lord. He goes on in verse, I think, 13. He says this, I would have despaired unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Not later. Not in the good, sweet by and by. It is now as heaven is on earth. He said, I would have, I would have despaired unless I had what? Believe. When you get up in the morning, you believe now in the land of the living, right now, that I'm going to wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Just wait for the Lord. I, this wasn't really in my original plan of even talking about this till this morning. Because I believe it's a word for somebody. It's a word for you. I don't know who. It could be all of you. I don't know. It may just be one. But the Lord's saying, stop living afraid. Just wait. Because what you have prayed for is coming. You will see the goodness of the Lord now. Wait for it. Be strong. Let your heart take courage in this. This is an encouragement from the Lord to somebody. Just wait. It's coming. Don't worry. Amen? You ready for that? I mean, that's, that's, that's maybe a lot of you right now. Wait for it. God has it right now. We, we have nothing to fear. So just get in the presence of God and rejoice in that. 
Don't believe what you see in the natural. Believe what you know in the spiritual. And watch God just begin to move in your life. So just get into the presence of God. Respond to God's agenda. Get in His purpose. Stay aware of His presence. Number three is trust in God's provision. Remember Elisha in 2 Kings chapter 6? Comes out, armies all around him. They were outnumbered. Servant was scared. Elisha said, don't be afraid. Those who are with us are more than those who are against us. Or he says, more who are with them. And Elisha prayed, and he prayed for his servant. He says, oh Lord, open his eyes. Open his eyes so he may see. And the Lord opened the servant's eyes, and what did the servant see? He saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. See, we've got to be able to see spiritually. Listen, if you could see spiritually right now, you would see the Lord's provision. In fact, a lot of times I believe this, that the Lord provides for us and we don't even recognize it. You have nothing to worry about as a believer. Hebrews 13, 5 says this, Never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. The Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? Amen? I love that. His provision. Just trust in His provision. Whether it's finances, whether it's relationship, whether it's just, just hope, whether it's physical. Trust in His provision. Not later, but now. Just trust in it. So you respond to God's agenda. You stay aware of His presence, but you trust in His provision. Provision and number four, you receive God's peace. This is how important peace of God is. Let me let me show you. Because remember, I'm doing this series in March, talking about weird being different. We must be different. Now look at what Moses does. Exodus chapter thirty three, verse fourteen. Lord replied, "My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest." So what's the presence of God? You're going to receive rest from. Amen. Rest, peace, okay? Then Moses said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. This is why. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else would distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? So what is he talking about? Rest. Peace. See, listen, let me tell you something. When we receive God's peace, you are going to be different than anybody else. Because you're going to have not only peace inward, but you're going to have peace outward. You're going to have rest. Because this is what worry and fear does. It makes you work. Right? It makes you struggle. It is, like we read before, it is punishment. Isn't it? It's not of God, but it's punishment. How many have ever had an anxiety attack? It is punishment. Right? It is not fun at all. John 14, 27, Jesus said this, 
peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to the wor- as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Philippians 4, 7 says, And the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your mind in Christ Jesus. It's the peace of God. And so when you and I are in the presence of God and we're, we're aware of his presence, we're going to receive that rest, that peace. And that's going to distinguish you and I from every person that doesn't know the Lord. And they're going to look at you. And it's not going to be looking at, it's going to look at you wanting what you have. Peace. You could lose your job. Peace. Rest. You could get sick. Rest. Why? Because you know he's my healer. You know if you lose your job, he's your provider. If you go home and you and your spouse get in a fight, you know how to repent. And you know that God's going to make a way because you love him. You know if you, if you get up in the morning and for some reason you're scared, that God says, you have no reason to be afraid because I am with you always. Amen? So this is what I want to do. Um, I believe some of you have been in fear. fear. Was fear because of our nation? Fear of this world? Maybe you fear, you're afraid because you feel inadequate. Maybe you've had sin in your life. You know, sin brings on fear too. Doesn't mean that you have to sin to have fear, but it can bring it on. It can definitely sin puts you in situations you should be afraid of, right? So we need to get, get that out and repent. But maybe everything's going right, but you're waking up depressed. You're waking up fearful. You have anxiety. Well, we're going we're gonna to get rid of that right now. You guys ready for this? Amen? Okay, this is what I want you to do. Bow your heads, close your eyes. I believe fear is a spirit, so we're going to cast the spirit out. That doesn't mean you're demon-possessed. Some of you may be, I don't know. But, um, but it's, a, it's a something that we've opened the door to our life. And we're going to get it out of our life right now, okay? So what have you been afraid of? What have you been worried about? anxiety about I want you to name that I want you to recognize you got to recognize it okay so kind of name it so if it's finances if it's a person or if it's future whatever it is right now just kind of name it and under your breath okay you got it okay so we're going to cast it out so I want you to repeat after me say Father God In the name of Jesus, I send away, and name it, whatever that fear is, fear of people, fear of finances, send it away right now. So I send away fear of finances. I send away fear of people, fear of sickness. I I send away worry. Send it away right now in the name of Jesus. Father, forgive me 
forgiving fear a place in my life that it took your place. So right now, I reject fear. I reject worry. And I receive power, love, and a sound mind in the name of Jesus. I receive all that you have for me, Holy Spirit. And I replace what I feared with, now ask the Lord by yourself, ask the Lord, what do you want me to replace that fear with? Could be hope, joy, could be a scripture that God will supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. You always replace what you reject with truth. You've got to replace it with something. Something has to fill that spot. So I, I replace it. I replace fear with this truth, Lord, that you love me, that you'll never leave me, that I have nothing to worry about because you are always there and you will work everything to good because I love you and I've ca I'm called. I am called. You are called by God. You are anointed by God to be that father, to be that mother, to be that friend, that worker, that minister. You are called. And so, Father, we receive that right now in Jesus' name. And no longer will we worry about what's coming because, God, you have already been there and you've already made a way. And, Father God, we will not be led by fear, but we'll be led by the spirit of power, the spirit of love, the spirit of sound mind, your Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. And we thank you for it. Amen. Come on, give the Lord praise. Amen. <laughs> Woo! You don't have to fear any longer. Amen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.